You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. With over 8,000 threat hunters analyzing over 65 trillion signals daily, Microsoft works tirelessly with the federal government to keep our nation's data secure. This 30-year-plus partnership is driving mission innovation that is secure by design. Whether optimizing your existing defenses or tackling advanced threats with AI, Microsoft gives you the intelligence and the automation you need to defend at mission scale. Let's work together to stay ahead of emerging threats and secure your mission anywhere. Learn more at aka.ms slash fedcyber. That's aka.ms slash fedcyber. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down threats and vulnerabilities, solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. We actually spent many years studying IoT devices, including medical devices, and we found lots of vulnerabilities. That's Dr. Mei Wong. She is Chief Technology Officer for Internet of Things Security at Palo Alto Networks. The research we're discussing today is titled, Know Your Infusion Pump Vulnerabilities and Secure Your Healthcare Organization. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. And actually in our 2020 IoT Thread Report, which is vendor agnostic report about the landscape of IoT security, we actually discovered among all the medical devices we're observing, about 44% of them are infusion pumps. So it takes up a large quantity of all the medical devices we're seeing in hospitals and healthcare providers, etc. So we like to look into how vulnerable these infusion pumps are. And actually, at our research lab, we are able to crack into these infusion pumps. And as you know, Dave, these infusion pumps are used to send medications or fluids directly to patients' bodies. Mm. And in our research lab, we're able to hack into these infusion pumps and change the medication dosage that goes directly into a patient body. So now 
the vulnerabilities of these palms. We're not just talking about patient information, PII information leakage, etc. We're actually talking about life or death here, and it can affect hospitals' operations. Can affect patient safety. Well, can you give us an idea of the spectrum of devices that we're talking about when when we're talking about infusion pumps? I mean, uh, to what degree are, are are these modern devices? Are they are they connected to hospital networks? Do they do they go all the way out to the internet? What, what exactly are we talking about here? Yeah, we're seeing increasing amount of medical devices are connected onto the network. And actually, the statistics we are seeing years ago, we only see twenty percent of new medical devices are connected online. But now we are seeing forty percent of new medical devices are connected to online. And when we are talking about connected onto the network, we're talking about these devices are connected onto the hospital's network. And in the ideal case, we would like to separate them into a. Separate VLAN, a separate virtual network, so that the access to these medical devices is controlled. But actually, for lots of hospitals we're working with, because of many different reasons, lack of IT support, etc., the situations are not that ideal. We often see in the one VLAN virtual network, we see both. Medical devices and your cell phones and printers and、uh, surveillance cameras, everything jammed into one VLAN. Then it makes the security control a lot harder. And we do see these. So when we are talking about these medical devices, we're talking about infusion pumps, imaging systems, for example, CT scanners, MRI scanners, ultrasound scanners, X-ray machines, and patient monitorings. Point of care analyzers, nurse call stations,、uh, medical device gateways, medication dispenser, ECG machines,、mm-hmm. etc. You name it. So there's a very wide spectrum of medical devices we're seeing, and because these devices they have different functionalities, they use different hardware, different operating systems, different applications, different protocols, and different. Staff members are using them, so it's actually very hard to have one security mechanism or protocols, whatever it is, to secure all these devices. So we see lots of vulnerabilities among these devices. Well, let's dig into what you all discovered when it comes to infusion pumps. I mean, can we go through some of the vulnerabilities that you all uncovered and and the degree to which they are actually pretty serious? Yeah, we actually look into more than two hundred thousand infusion pumps, and we found three out of four pumps are vulnerable. And of course, the severity of vulnerability are different, but The, mm. Still, seventy-five percent of pumps are vulnerable. They have、uh, security vulnerabilities, or from our the pumps we're protecting, we see alerts coming out of these pumps, and there are many CVEs that actually disclose the vulnerabilities of these pumps. And we actually in the report showed more than ten、uh, CVEs that a majority of the vulnerabilities these pumps are having. And we categorize them into three major 
categories of vulnerabilities. The first one is they're leaking sensitive information. Some of the so let me first talk about how these pumps work. If you go to hospital, you stay in hospital, you probably had infusion pumps work on you before, and usually it's one infusion pump has a base station. And this base station talks to an infusion pump server somewhere in the、uh, backstage there. And for each infusion pump, there are you, the base station. Usually, there are multiple pumps connected to this base station, and、uh, usually they are connected、uh, through hardware connections. And these they can vary from two pumps to four pumps, and can send in different medications to your body. And、um, we do see for some, and there's multiple vendors provide these kind of infusion pumps. And for some vendors, we see they do have secure messaging channel between the base station and the infusion pump server. But we also do see there are clear text communication channels, and that actually opens up a vulnerability. We can have a man in the middle. We can hack in. We can.、Um, Access the communication information between infusion pump and the server, and there are also vulnerabilities that you can actually physically access these infusion pump devices to、uh, gain access to sensitive information. So that's the first category: leakage of sensitive information. And then the、mm-hmm. second category is、um, using default credentials to access these devices. Then you can, of course, get sensitive information. You can、uh, do all kinds of things, change the medication dosage, etc. Once you have access to these、uh, pumps, and we do see lots of pumps are using the manufacturer default username, password, and、uh, for people without、uh, authorities, they can have unauthorized access.、Mm-hmm. Then the third categories. Are vulnerabilities using third-party software stacks because lots of these infusion pumps they they can use third-party operating systems they can use third-party TCP/IP stacks、uh, use some of the TCP/IP stacks are vulnerable etc. So these are the main vulnerabilities we're seeing. Now, to what degree are these uh, vulnerabilities uh, accessible remotely versus you know someone having to actually be in contact with the device itself in the room with it? Actually, most vulnerabilities we're seeing are through network connections because、mm-hmm. these devices are connected onto the network and、uh, because they have either have the vulnerable third party.、Uh, Network stacks use, or they、um, use default username and password, or they、um, use clear text communication channels. So all of these actually can be accessed remotely, and attackers can get access to these pumps from remote network. They don't have to be in the same room with these pumps. Now, in your experience, the, the the organizations that you all are working with is is there an awareness that they have these issues? How how are they approaching these sorts of IoT vulnerabilities with their medical devices? Yeah, that's a very good question, Dave. We do see that hospitals are investing more heavily into security mechanisms to protect these medical devices, but there are lots of challenges. 
to protect these medical devices. Just give you one example compared to these medical devices compared to our traditional IT devices. Dave, you probably change your cell phone every other year and change your laptop every two, three years, etc. But these medical mm-hmm. devices are actually in the field for many years. For example, a typical lifespan of infusion pump is eight to 10 years. So even if the medical device vendors can come out with the perfectly secured medical devices, it's almost impossible for them to see what kind of security vulnerabilities, what kind of security risk can come out in eight to 10 years. So now we're dealing with lots of legacy devices. How do we protect these legacy devices from new malwares, ransomware attacks, etc. And also for these infusion pumps, they're actually very mobile. They, you know, in, uh, today it's in the, uh, floor six and tomorrow it can be in floor eight. And how do you keep right. track of these mobile devices? And they can join different VLANs and they can join different virtual network on daily basis. And they, some of these devices even transfer from hospital to hospital. So how do you keep track of these devices and how do you secure these devices are actually very challenging topic for almost all hospitals. And needless to mention, all hospitals are seeing increasing amount of cyber attacks on a daily basis. Are you aware of any instances where infusion pumps specifically have have been hit by some outsider, any you know, shutdown or DDoS or ransomware or anything like that? We know there have been multiple attacks specifically targeted at IoT devices. For example, the very well-known WannaCry, NotPedia, Mirai attacks, etc. And you know, Dave, in hospitals, nobody wants to talk about the attacks. Nobody wants to... Mm tell anybody, okay, my hospital's infusion pumps have been uh, compromised, my hos- uh, the CT scanner have been compromised. But because we are working with all these hospitals, we actually see lots of attacks and increasing amount of attacks. So what are your recommendations then? If, if I'm someone who works in the, in the medical field and, and I'm charged with you know, protecting these devices. I'm, I'm on the cybersecurity team. How do I go about this? What, what, what do you recommend? I think there are some basic steps people can do, um, sort of like in, in the hospital, the basic uh, cybersecurity hygienes we can do. The very first, of course, in an ideal case, you want to keep all your medical devices up to date with the upgrades and the patches. But that's another issue for these medical devices because these devices are in real operations. And once they are working, nobody wants to touch them. And Mm. there are also patches that we have seen and experienced that they work very well in the test labs in the um, before they roll out to the real world. But once they are patched into devices in hospital setting, they sometimes can break these devices. And also needless to mention the FDA regulation and so lots of hospitals very afraid to touch any medical devices so that they have to go through the HIPAA compliance, etc. So there are lots of legacy devices out there and there are lots of 
challenges to really keep these devices have the up-to-date software and security protections. So that's kind of the reality we have to live with. And our recommendation is, first of all, you need to have the visibility. You need to know how many infusion pumps you have, how many medical devices you have at any given time and what they are, what they're doing, what their status is. And that's actually the very first thing almost every customer, every potential customer we talk to, they need, uh, they need lots of help to help them figure out what kind of devices are connected onto their network at any given moment. So that's mm-hmm. the first thing, visibility. And after you know what devices you have uh, connected onto your network, you need to keep continuous monitoring about the security status of these de- devices. You need to have a holistic risk assessment because a device that was secure yesterday doesn't mean it's still secure today. So we need to have a real-time monitoring system to know if any device is out of norm, is showing any abnormal behaviors. Mm. And the third one is to apply risk reduction policies to have the right VLAN set in place, which having the right identification of devices is the foundation for set up the right VLAN so that you can decide which device gets into what VLAN. And based on the device identification, you can set up the right policies. For example, if an x-ray machine is using a Windows system and my laptop is also using Windows system, and obviously these two devices should have very different policies in terms of security. And then the fourth one is to prevent threats. Now we're all talking about zero-day protection, etc. So we need to have the security mechanisms in place to prevent these threats from happening. I'm just imagining, you know, uh, someone like you having a, a little minor mishap at your at your house and ending up at the ER. And uh, you know, before you let them uh, treat you, you you uh, make them prove that all of their devices are, are up to date and fully patched. <laughs> you know, Dave, believe it or not, we're seeing lots of unbelievable things on these medical devices, and there are yeah. some new trends that's pretty scary. I just. I'll give you one quick example. Years ago, we didn't yeah. see any crypto mining on any of the medical devices, but now we see at least 5% of all the vulnerabilities mm. came from crypto mining. Can you imagine the MRI machine is scanning your body is also running crypto mining at the same time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the last thing you want is is a laggy medical device because somebody's you know mining Bitcoin or Ethereum on it. Uh, it's a shame that there's no... Uh, honor among thieves that you know that that they that these sorts of things are out of bounds but I suppose that's the world we're in now yep it's uh we and especially with the latest change in the world we're definitely seeing increasing amount amount of attacks uh, to hospitals as yeah. well yeah Our thanks to Dr. Mei Wong from Palo Alto Networks for joining us. The research is titled Know Your Infusion Pump Vulnerabilities and Secure Your Healthcare Organization. We'll have a link in the show notes. And now a word from our sponsor, Sixth Sense. 
Sixth Sense provides award-winning cloud-based automated endpoint and vulnerability management solutions to streamline IT and security operations. With its advanced platform, businesses gain complete visibility and control over their infrastructure, reducing IT and security risks, and optimizing operational efficiency. With Sixth Sense, you'll get real-time alerts, risk-based vulnerability prioritization and remediations, and an intuitive automation and orchestration engine so you can focus on your core business goals. Confident in the knowledge that your enterprise is secure, compliant, and running smoothly. To learn why enterprises choose Sixth Sense, visit SixthSense.com. The CyberWire podcast is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Rachel Gelfand, Liz Irvin, Elliot Peltzman, Trey Hester, Brandon Karpf, Eliana White, Peru Prakash, Justin Sabi, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week.